I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Janice Robinson Daly. Janice is the author of the historical novel, The Unlocked Path. A genealogy search helped her discover her great-great-grandfather was a founder of the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania, and this led Janice down the path of unearthing the stories of women whose lives have remained in the shadows. With a love of history, she balances a need for authenticity and details with a fictional flair. Janice, her husband and rescue pup, travel between New Hampshire, Cape Cod, and Florida. Welcome to the show, Janice. Thank you so much for having me today, Kara. Look forward to talking to you all about things book. Yes. Who doesn't love to talk about books? Well, I'm glad you could make it today. Thank you very much. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are? I am a, a first-time novelist okay. um, at a ripe old age, <laughs> let's just say uh, north of 50, uh, quite a bit north of 50, and never started out wanting to be a writer. Okay. Um, I wasn't one of those people that, you know, since the childhood, I had written stories and always dreamed of being a, a New York Times bestseller author. It was truly this discovery during genealogy research that I felt like there's a story here about the women who graduated from the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania. Um, their story needed to be told. Yeah. So, if not me, then who? And if not now, then when? So uh, coming up on six years ago now, I uh, set down the path of learning more, researching more, and then put my hands to a keyboard and get started. Wow, I love that. And I know from reading your bio and talking with you a little bit, this wasn't your first career. Oh, and, no. <laughs> and was with your previous career, did you do writing within that? So I've uh, spent my entire career in sales and marketing. Okay. So writing, yes, but business writing, strategic plans for marketing, uh, documents like that, but not creative writing. In sure. Any Did you find that any of that translated? Well, probably to a detriment. Okay. <laughs> it was more of a, a straightforward, like, I, I wanted to write in bullet points. Well, you can't write a novel with yeah. bullet points. Um, so, you know, at least it, it did help me to learn how to be succinct and not be too, um, overly poetic, if you will. Um, so trying to stay on, stay to the point, I guess did help a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, that's great. Cause I feel like we, as we go through life, right, we pick up these lessons and what we might think that doesn't translate into what we're doing next there is some little part of us, right? We work so long and so hard at a different technique. Or um, I always say that I was a physical therapist before I started staying home with my kids and venturing into this world of podcasting. But I think interviewing my patients has really helped me in doing this venture because it's interviewing people as well and maybe in a different facet, but it is really, it has translated very nicely. <laughs> That's great. Thanks. So, all right. Well, I have you always been a reader? I have always been a reader. Absolutely. Okay. So, uh, you know, from a very young age, um, I was always reading, you know, outside of school, beyond school assignments. Um, I have very fond memories of going to the library as a child, you know, my mom taking me to story hours and, and all. Um, and I, I can still see in my head, you know, our, our hometown library, which I'm speaking at in two weeks. So that's very exciting. Oh, um, my goodness. That's amazing. Right through, you know, high school, um, always had a, a, had a book going. Uh, I have to admit, you know, and you can probably relate to this, Kara, you know, once you have kids, though, <laughs> your <laughs> leisure time, <laughs> is there leisure time? There's never leisure time. Um, so I, I did put a, a small pause, unfortunately, I think on my reading until I found a book club okay. for women in my town yeah. and made the decision, you know, my kids were, you know, probably uh, preschool age. You know what? One night a month 
for two hours and, you know, a couple of hours in the weeks leading up to that to get a book read is going to be me time. And I'm going to do something that I love, which is reading. So got back into that. Um, I think our anniversary is coming up on our 25 years together. The core Oh my group. goodness. Wow. That's amazing. I feel like that is so important. What you're saying is finding an avenue that can fit within your life, right? Mama, stay at home dads. If you're listening, like finding that, that you can find something for you a little bit that you're passionate about. And, um, and that's, we, my husband's in the military. And so we move a lot and I actually use book clubs to help me integrate into the new community that we've moved to because I feel like finding the fellowship of that group and people that are, you're, you can go into that in a cold conversation, right? Cause you know, you're going to talk about the book. So it's not going to be this maybe stilted quote unquote conversation. If you maybe don't hit it off right away, because you're going to have something of a common ground to talk about, but that's amazing for you to have one that you've been with this group of women for 25 years. Yeah, some think- you know some have come and gone, and um, some of us, like myself, have actually moved from the town. I'm an hour away okay. now. I still try to get back yeah. uh, to reconnect with those those women, and 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 they've been incredibly supportive, you know, yeah. of my reading too. How do you find, or do you guys suggest books for the book club that you're reading, or how do you guys do that for your picks? Yeah. I, I've become quite involved in, in book clubs and we are a um, fly by the seat of our pants. I guess <laughs> not our planners. Uh, so it's um, we, we choose the book each month and we let the hostess choose. The okay. Book. Oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Um, but you know, we'll put a couple of suggestions out to see how many have already read it or haven't read it to get, to get a balance, you know, so people yeah. have, I've already read it then they can they can take a breather that month but it also introduces you to books you would never have chosen on your own yeah absolutely that's the beauty of it right it's like I would try you know down one path but I think that when you have other people giving input it's such a great way to expand your reading horizons as you will <laughs> well that's so fun and then what if you were reading what type of books would you like to pick up what genres do you enjoy yeah. So, well, my, of course my favorite is historical fiction. Okay. Uh, so I absolutely love learning about history that we never heard in our textbooks in school, you know, it's yeah. so recommended in, in what's being taught. And there, there's so much more that you can't cram into, you know, what is it? 180 days of school. There's, yeah. there's no way. Um, so there's just so much more to learn about and, and places to travel to, um, that, you know, I'll probably never get to, you yeah. know, play some of those places in my life. So definitely historical fiction, um, where it's, you know, a deeper read than a nonfiction book on a topic, you really can feel like the author has done a good job of making those characters come to life and more relatable. Yeah. Uh, so, and I do um, enjoy memoirs as okay. well of, you know, famous people and, yep. and maybe famous people. Uh, but, you know, again, to kind of understand their lives and, and what they've lived through and, and their challenges of life and see how any of that could be related to my own. Yeah. Yeah. And we can learn from all of that. Right. Because we're like you said, we're not going to have lived that path of their life. And so when we read about others, it gives us an opportunity to experience something that we haven't been through in our own. So a nice sense of empathy of, you know, trying to to understand their their viewpoints. Yeah, absolutely. So now in your life, how do you find time to read? When do you fit it in? Um, I'm, I'm, God bless you, Kara. I don't know how you get up at five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm not, I've never been a morning person. So my reading is mostly at night uh, before I'm going to bed um, or on, on weekends during the day a little bit um, and, and traveling. Yeah. And, um, have found, uh, you mentioned my husband and I travel a lot, um, kind of remote work. <laughs> different locations but audible has been a lifesaver mm-hmm. has allowed me so much more of my to be red pile to pull it down a little bit 
Uh, and I even now, if I know I'm going out in my car, even shop, you know, going somewhere shopping or errands or whatever, and I, if I know I'm going to be in a car for more than 20 minutes at a time, I'll throw on my book that's yeah. on off so I can get through a chapter, you know, in that 20 minutes or so. Yeah. And that's what I always say. Audiobooks saved my reading life because that's how I fit it in with mo mothering. <laughs> so and when walking. I'm folding, yeah, walking, folding laundry, doing the dishes, I can have a story in. And trust me, I clean so much more when I've got a story in my ears. I'm more motivated <laughs> to do that. I want to walk a little bit further because I want to get to the end of the chapter. Correct. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then I was going to ask you that. So as you travel, so do you do mostly Audible or do you bring books with you? Do you have a Kindle? How do you do that? I have the Kindle app on my okay. tablet. So, but I can't read in a car. Yeah, I cannot either. I get nauseous. I wish I could because I feel like that could, that's a lot of downtime. So when my husband and I are traveling, we have to pick a book that we both are interested. Yeah. And we don't always have the same interests. So we always have to uh, put together a couple of different choices. And, and then we discuss them and say, okay, which one are we going to pop on? Um, but when we're not listening to that, um, or he's taking a nap while I'm driving, I'm kind of sitting there like, well, this is wasted time. I should be yeah. <laughs> listening. But, yeah. My son can read in the back and he's yeah. seven and he can read in the back of the van and he'll pour through. We'll go to the library. And now I, I'm smart enough. I get him like four chapter books at a time because he'll like pour through one and we'll get home. And I'm like, we just left the library. I'm like, well, I already finished it. I'm like, how? Like, <laughs> but I'm so impressed by his skill to be able to read in the car because I have never been able to do that myself. <laughs> so I had a friend recommend that she said if you hold the book up so it's like on the horizon versus down she's like that might help with your like because then the stuff passing by is more level yeah. i've never tried it so i don't know i'm usually driving <laughs> but might be something worth worth trying listeners <laughs> okay and then so today you have so graciously prepared us a book flight of mm -hmm. books and do you want to tell us how they all kind of tie together? Sure. So, um, so the three books that I chose, um, of course, are my favorite genre, historical fiction, where I am carried away to different times and places. And the three, uh, well, of course, I have to mention <laughs> my book, yes. The Unlocked Path. And uh, the other two um, are, are pretty diverse in um, their locations. The Red Tent by Anita Diamant is, a, you know, a, a, an imagined story of Dinah, the daughter okay. of, yep, you know, so set in biblical times, um, the book of Genesis, you know, the story is focused on, on Jacob and his sons. Um, but, you know, he did have a daughter, Dinah, and uh, four wives. So uh, the Red Tent. And then the um, this other book is The Island of Sea Women by Lisa C. And uh, Lisa C is one of my favorite authors. She writes um, about um, Asian um, women's stories, uh, mostly historical fiction. And that one is set on Jeju Island in South Korea during the 1930s and 40s, you know, so a very tumultuous time, of course, um, in that part of the world and, and yeah. our lives with um, 1930s you know, the, uh, <clears throat> the Japanese um, invasions in the Pacific and then you know, leading up to World War II. But the, and then The Unlocked Path, my book is um, set mostly in Philadelphia at the turn of the 20th century. Um, and all three books have that common thread of strong women communities. Yeah. So not just a strong female protagonist, you know, which is present in, in many, many books sure, uh, yeah. across genres, but it's the idea of a, a collective community of women coming together. So in the Red Tent, the, um, the wives of Jacob and the, the mothers, if you will, to Dinah um, come together once a month in the Red Tent. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine what's going on during those three or four days that they're in the red tent um, um, for women. 
And, you know, it's just where they come together and they support each other and they, they teach Dinah, you know, um, the life and, and trials and challenges that are going to lie ahead for her as a woman um, yeah. during those times and how to, how they support each other. And um, I think so- that we, I, I, I read this book, I'm trying to think, it was probably 2017, 2018 when I read it. And I was like a younger, I had younger kids at the time and I was a younger mother. And I just remember thinking, I wish there was a community like that still. Absolutely. And, you know, this was one of the first choices of my book club. Okay. And, you know, at when we're sitting around discussing it, we're like, we wish there was a red tent for us today. And, and then we said, well, you know what? Our, our book club is kind of this, you know, yeah. once a month. You know, it's only two hours instead of three or four days. But in in a way, the concept of the red tent is alive and well um, within book clubs for women. Yeah, it's such a beautiful story, listeners, if you haven't read it. So and then um, Island of Sea Women is um, a matriarchal society. I found that very interesting. You know, still exists today. Um, The women of Jeju Island uh, are the breadwinners. So they are divers um, without tanks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you read the book, it's absolutely amazing. Without scuba gear, um, they are diving and harvesting, you know, sea life and uh, and, and bringing it it up and and selling it and all and, and the trade that goes on with it. And the men are staying home with the children. Yeah. And the, again, there's, you know, the friendships and sisterhood that develops um, between the, the two main characters, uh, Mija and Young Suk. Um, you know, they're, they're friends, but, you know, how can friendships fragment, you know, based on, on life situations, uh, but still come together and, and care for each other. Uh, so it's, it's a beautiful story, as Lisa C. always writes beautiful stories about um, women relationships and again, in a totally different part of the world, you know, I don't know that I will ever, you know, get a, get a trip into Asia in my life. Um, but the way she writes with such detail, I, you could feel like you're there and you could feel like you're in the frigid waters and that you're, you know, having, you know, those moments of, of diving and this, you know, the, the depth sickness and all that ensues. So um, incredible story. Yeah. Yeah. I, when I read this and I think Lisa C, I'm thinking back to post graduate school days was when I kind of got back into my reading life. And that's when I started liking historical fiction. And I feel like Lisa C and Ken Follett were the two that I read that I was like, oh, I love this genre of historical fiction. And for exactly what you said, I could transport to different places, to different times and I think it makes history relatable, which I don't think our history textbooks did. <laughs> no offense to the history book textbook writers out there or my teachers. I just think in story form, it makes it seem like I'm in the story and I can relate to it. And Lisa C., oh my goodness, man, she, I feel like her stories just tug at your heartstrings. There is so much, because you get so invested in the characters that she's writing about, there's this huge emotional component as they venture through their story. And so I, I've always been very invested in her books when I've read them. Well, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give a plug for, for Lisa because I do admire her so much. Uh, she has a new book coming out in two weeks. Lady oh. uh, Tan Circle of Women. Okay. Which is um, in, incredible because it there's many parallels with my book. So I'm, I'm kind of honored that she was ended up writing something um, similar to mine. It's about a woman doctor. Okay. Set um, in uh, China in the 1500s. All right. Based on the, the real existence of a, a woman bo- doctor back then, not, not just wow. a healer, but a, a doctor. Uh, and she's going on tour. Okay. Which, now that we have passed, hopefully, you know, the ability to, to now have in-person events and all. So I've already got my ticket to see her in Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. We have a great bookstore here in San Diego that um, brings authors through. And and actually, that's yeah. how I had heard of you, Janice. I, I wanted to tell the listeners is you have a great Instagram account. 
And you had, well, I had went to the Adventures by the Book, Book Bingo, we'll throw them a little plug, and you were one of the guests, and I heard about your story, and I was so pulled into it being a physical therapist. I mean, I didn't go to quote-unquote medical school, but something in the same vein, and I was so intrigued by your story that I started following you on Instagram right after that and got your book on Audible, which was so fantastic. I want to talk to you about that too before we're done. Um but, and then I started following on Instagram and you did that month, I believe it was in March about historical fiction. And every day you featured a different book on historical fiction. And since that is like my jam, I was just loving all that you did there. So listeners, I'll put a, the link for Janice's Instagram in the show notes so you can follow her there. Um, yeah, that, that was a, a lot of fun. It was March's Women's History Month. Yeah. So I, I put together a list of 31 titles of, um, I wanted fiction, historical fiction. Yeah. Because I, again, I think it will reach a broader audience. Yeah. Um, and people can learn about real women in history whose, whose stories haven't been told or collective women. So Island of Sea Women was yeah. on my list um, and you know 30 others, including my own. Uh, but it was it was wonderful. And the response I got from all the other authors um, that I featured, um, they were all, you know, very, very supportive. And they helped share out, you know, the hashtag and, and some of the other books that we we're spotlighting. So, so I'm already starting a list for next year to come up with another 31. Oh, that'll yeah. be so fun. I, I like put so many books on my TBR list, because as much as I love historical fiction, I mean, there's just no way to know all the books that are out there, right? There's so a plethora of books and they're all fantastic stories. So um, I'll be looking for it for sure. Cause I feel like I'd love to have a trusted source or, you know, a trusted recommendation of a book. Great. Great. Yeah. And I, I've been doing, I even did the presentation um, at a couple of libraries. So I hope to expand that next year as well. And hopefully some of them will be on over zoom so more people can oh that it. would be great i'll watch for that too well let's i would love to talk a little bit more about your book can you tell us the story of how you kind of you know briefly talked about it but dive a little bit deeper and tell us about this genealogy search that you did and what it stemmed from there so you know i'm at the other end of my life uh cara as a, as a mother than you so uh six years ago uh, my youngest was getting ready to graduate college and uh, just popped up on my memories yesterday that it was his graduation. So fun. <laughs> Years ago, my baby. Uh, and, and, you know, even though I was working full time, I was like, you know what, now what am I going to do with my, my life? <laughs> you know, uh, because both my boys were very involved in sports and even both played at the collegiate level. So we were oh, still wow. involved. Yeah. yeah going to watch their games and, and traveling from Massachusetts to Pennsylvania for both of them. And so that took up a lot of time. Um, it, but then I'm like, well, well now what am I going to do? If, if I'm not going to a football game every Saturday for 10 weeks in the fall. Yeah. <laughs> what, what so, you know, lots of folks will, you know, get active and pick up Pilates or pickleball or golf or tennis ragged. And, you know, I find a way to keep my ass in the chair <laughs> and decided to to finally research my grandmother Robinson's family who I didn't really know a lot about my grandmother okay. had passed before I was born um my dad passed when I was 29 so still fairly young and, and never asked the questions of yeah. some of the mysteries uh, of her life uh, we don't have the foresight died. right to do that right. at that age mm -hmm. and I tell people you know ask the questions of those older generations um so you can learn so you know I, I'm researching her and I'm, I'm not finding a lot uh, because she didn't work outside the home she apparently wasn't involved in many organizations but I did find her grandfather so my great-great-grandfather I found his name uh, because there was a lot about him as a lawyer and judge in the 1800s in Philadelphia. Wow. And not only learned he was involved in the abolitionist movement, which I thought was very cool. Yeah, wow. He defended runaway slaves yeah. and, and their freedom um, in the 1850s. But he was a founder of the Women's Medical College of Pennsylvania. Wow. And I what? There were women's medical college, never had heard of such a thing. 
I went to a women's college myself at the time. Okay. Wheaton College, Massachusetts was women, has since gone co-ed, but, but I was immediately drawn to that idea, again, of women coming together and supporting each other and, and what they faced in their desire of wanting to study medicine. Because, at, you know, in the 1800s, women, there weren't even many colleges, let alone medical colleges. Absolutely. Um, so to know that I had an ancestor involved in believing in not only the, the rights of the, you know, the African-Americans, the slaves and their rights to freedom, but believing in the rights for women to be educated. Yeah. And for them to to follow their desires of wanting to study and practice medicine um, as a doctor. And that was the difference. Yeah. Because of course women have been healers and midwives forever. For, yeah. But it was an accredited degree that would give them the right to call themselves a doctor. He that sounds like it. an incredible man. I know. I wish I had known him. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, I learned enough through all of my research that I, I felt like I do know him, um, even found a, um, a portrait of him um, online because it's at the Harvard Law Library archives now. Okay, wow. That was we actually see what he looked like. But, you know, then the story idea just started to form. And I was thinking, you know, what these women went through and, and some of the women that I was meeting in the research that I, you know, was really thinking, wow, they were incredibly accomplished women. Yeah. Women that went to France during World War I as surgeons and doctors and, and nurses and uh, women that became uh, bacteriologists, you know, studying diphtheria and, and some of our vaccine works, you know, came from women, doctors and researchers. And I thought, their, their stories need to be told yeah. and they need to be celebrated. Um, so I'm, I'm going to write a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Did your family look at you like, wait, what are you going to do? <laughs> um, not so much. I have to say they were, they were very supportive. My, my sons and my husband, um, I think they were, they were probably glad that I had found something to do instead of moping around. Yeah. <laughs> you know? wooing ruin that you know oh my life as a, a sports mom are over no I've got yeah. something new to occupy my time yeah okay so from there so then did you start you I'm assuming you dug into doing research and how you were going to write this yeah so a lot of research a lot of online research thankfully I don't know how people wrote any historical novels before Google uh, absolutely <laughs> Uh, so yeah, a lot of online research. I was very fortunate. I got down to Philadelphia, so where okay. the school was founded, and the women's medical was the longest running women's only medical school wow. from 1850 to 1970. Wow! To admit men in okay. 1970 and change their name to just Medical College of okay. Pennsylvania. So it's still and there then. then. It, well, it eventually merged with Drexel University. Oh, okay. All right. And so Drexel has all the archives. And so I was able to spend a day in their basement office with the archives. Wow. And uh, an incredible, um, you know, interesting pieces and photos and documents and correspondence and all. So uh, that was a, a, an incredible day for me um, to, to see all of those firsthand, you know, resource materials. Yeah. And then, so are you, you're taking notes as you're going along and how, how long I'm imagining this was a very long research period. How long did you spend doing that? So between research and writing was three years. Wow. So, you know, because I would then get started on writing and then I'd have to pause and research something else. Okay. You know, it was like, okay, well, wait a minute. It's 1912, and I'm having my main character receive a phone call. <laughs> I think the phone had been invented, but how common would it be to have a phone in a household? Yeah. yeah. You know, um, so, you know, a, a family of, you know, maybe more upper class stature, very logical sure. they might have. So that, that was okay. I could then continue writing the scene because I had validated that it, it was plausible. Yeah. So things like that. Um, would, would sidetrack me or, or I'd learn something new and then I'd want to, you know, throw that in. How do I throw the, in that interesting tidbit um, and making sure that the, 
it adds to the story, not slows it down. Yeah, I imagine it's like fitting the pieces of the puzzle together too, like you said. And I am so impressed that you can take three years worth of work and digest it down into this beautiful story. That's very impressive. Thank you. Thank you. It was it was a labor of love for sure. Yeah. And then I know, obviously, I listened to your book on Audible, which I thank you for having it on Audible. It's uh, what was thank the problem? Pro- Patty Shade, my narrator and, and Beacon Audiobooks, um, because uh, they, they took on that project. Yeah. And uh, they picked it up. Well, that was how I was going to ask you is how do you get it from going into print form? Because into audiobooks, and I know not all books are made, obviously, into audiobooks. So how does that happen? What's that process like? Well, so so honestly, a, a little bit of a surprise. <laughs> um, I am published through Black Rose Writing, which okay. is a, a smaller independent press. And um, they uh, use a, a print-on-demand service. So for the paperback, they only print it as orders come in. Oh, okay. Which mm-hmm. is- smart I think you know it's it's not wasteful in any way you know mm-hmm. printing thousands of copies that you know a first-time author they may never sell yeah and you're not so, don't have to have them sitting around your house <laughs> exactly yeah you're making new bookcases out of them um so um Black Rose you know kind of I believe selects certain titles and then just kind of puts them out there in a I don't know, not, not really an auction place, but like a, a resource directory of, you know, some titles that are available and narrators and audio production firms kind of review them. Okay. And then they'll pick them up if they're wow. interested. Okay. I didn't honestly even know um, right away that it had been picked up and was being made into an audio book um, and, until it was well underway and, and production was well underway, but I, I am thrilled. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't get to pick the narrator in any way, uh, but I'm thrilled. Patty Shade again did the narration. I think she did a, a great job. Um, and it wasn't until I sat and listened to it myself, you know, I've read it out loud, but sure. to hear someone else read it out loud, I was thinking, oh my goodness, I have male and female characters. I have adults and I have children, little girls, little boys. Yeah. I have characters with an Italian accent, with an Irish accent, <laughs> with an Indian accent, with a Russian accent. <laughs> yes. So I, I wasn't thinking about the audio version when I was writing this and what kind of challenges that might present. Um, but again, I Patty does all the narration and I think she did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. It was great through audiobook. So I can't say I've read it through print, but it's fantastic listeners. You should go listen to it. And I don't think out of all my reading, and by no means am I level expert at this, but I've, like you said, read a book about a women doctor. It's like you said, it's been in the form of midwives or in the form of healers or nurses during World War II, but never as a physician. And and, and based on real people. Yeah. Um, there are a few books out there now about um, women doctors. Uh, but with the exception, I think, of, of the one Lisa C is coming out with, most of them have been completely fictional, okay. and not really real people. So my main character is a fictionalized character, but she's a composite character inspired okay. by uh, all my research. But I do have three real women that appear in the book um, yeah. as secondary characters. And that was really fun to learn about after I had read it to see which ones, oh, that's impressive, you know, because then you know their story and you're kind of attached to them a little bit. And then to hear they're real people, that was really fun. What, um, so now you have all your research, sorry, we jumped ahead to audiobook, but when, then you sit down to do this creative writing. How was that process? Uh, that was that was challenging and, and the first drafts were <laughs> rough and horrible. Uh, so I did take a creative writing class online Okay. Uh, to start to, to understand, you know, what I needed to do, how, what I needed to make sure I, I included, um, you know, building that tension, building those um, points in the story where we, we might have twists and turns to make it interesting. You know, what struggles would my characters overcome? Because we always want to read about, you know, characters overcoming different challenges. 
um, dialogue, you know, how to write a very, you know, dialogue that sounds natural. Yeah. So I did a creative writing class and I, I used a couple of the assignments um, that we had for prompts each week, you know, as ideas um, for the book. Okay. So I was able to look back at them. Uh, and then just, you know, just sat down and, and started to close my eyes and envision a scene and, and let the words flow. But as I said, they were pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> the first few drafts. And I'm, I'm fortunate that one of my brothers, he was the English major in college. So he, he, he took the first draft for me and I, I gave him a box of red pens and a <laughs> bottle of red wine. And I said, I got it. You know, you, you've never spared your words and telling me what to do as the older brother. So tell me what to do with this, this well, story. You know, you had a good resource to go to, right? Not someone that would just, be, oh, it's great, right? And brush over it. <laughs> no, he, he, he has a lot of red pen on those pages. <laughs> oh, that's so amazing to have that as a resource. That's so great. Okay. And then how long did this writing process take you? Um, so, you know, Three years for the research and the writing and the editing I did um, after my free services for my brother, I did hire a professional editor, sure. um, a line editor. So she worked with me to, you know, strengthen some parts even further or add in some things or take out some things um, because I, I wanted this, this story to get published and I yeah. felt like I need a quality product and I didn't want to self-publish. Um, I really wanted to try to to get a, a publisher to pick it up. So I felt like a, the investment of working with a professional editor um, was well worth it. And then worked with a copy editor as well yeah. um, to check my grammar because I wasn't the English major <laughs> in my business writing and all. Um, you don't you don't need to be grammatically correct when you're writing in bullet points on a PowerPoint. Uh, so definitely you know, that all took three years. And then it took me another year to find a publisher. And then um, I had to get onto their publishing schedule. Um, they were almost a year out okay. of uh, a slot open. Wow. Yeah. Your perseverance of spirit is incredible. Kudos to you. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine the, uh, the ups and downs of the emotions going through that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was, you know, it was like going to a sports game, you know, you're ahead and yeah. now you're behind and now it's tied and now, oh God, now your son's up at the bat and there are two outs and yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, and I know now from following you on Instagram that you have some other ideas to go forward. Absolutely. So, you know, in addition to my creative writing um, course, I took, I did went, went to a couple of writers conferences, okay. which were helpful. And um, my original plan for the book was to to follow the life of my fictional character for a, about a 50 year span. OK, um, so when she's entering medical school um, and then as she's getting ready to retire almost 50 years later. Um, and one of the best pieces of advice I got from some agents and editors at a conference was that's too long of a period of history. OK, for a first time writer because you're not going to do justice to that amount of history of yeah. 1897 to 1957 um, in a, you know, a 350 page book. Yeah. So, and no one's going to read a 900 page book from a first time author. They're not gonna invest <laughs> their time and their money of what books cost these days. So, you know, find a logical stopping point and cut the book off and set your readers up for a sequel. Okay. That's what I did. So now I'm working on a sequel that will um, pick, we're going to pick up in the depression because again, people want to learn about and read about yeah. strife and challenges. I don't want to read about happy days of the roaring twenties. Sure. They, they, so we'll pick up in the depression and then be able to cover um, world war two and you know, what were the health issues being faced by women and, and, um, citizens during the thirties and forties and early fifties, um, because there was so much history covered in the unlocked path with world war one and the Spanish flu and sinking yeah. of the Titanic and the suffrage movement. So there's, there's more history to explore now with the sequel. Yeah. And that helped for me, you know, again, like 
history is kind of foggy in the brain, right, from school, but to put it in order of events, right, because it was through the pages of the story. So it helped reiterate the timeline of events in my mind. So it was really good for that. And it, that was helpful for me to direct the story because I had anchors yeah. of where I needed to go and of what do I need to have happen that would be relevant if I wanted to mention the sinking of the Titanic. Well, how could I bring that into the story that yeah. would make sense? Yeah. And then I saw also on your Instagram that your, is it your local library that has your book on the oh, shelf? Oh, yes. City libraries, actually. Okay. Um, I'm thrilled that. Uh, I think at last check, that's over 20 library systems around the country. Oh, yeah. Have the book. Um, and a few of them have even bought multiple um, copies and have put together a book club in a bag. Oh, so fun. So that area book clubs can, you know, all check out the book from their library. Yeah. Uh, I'm really excited about that because it is a great choice for book clubs. There's a lot to discuss about women's issues and women's health issues. And yes. The parallels of the past, you know, what's, you know, still going on today that was being faced, you know, over a hundred years ago. Yeah. And so did you have to do promotions to the libraries as well? Or how does that work? How do they pick up books and figure out what they're going to put on their shelves? So um, a, a few in Massachusetts, yes. Um, it was from my outreach okay. and I have been doing library presentations that um, I, I talk about the genealogy research because libraries, you know, are a great resource for True. anybody doing genealogy research. And some of them even have like little genealogy clubs and all. So I, I've taken the story and put it into a PowerPoint, which I know how to do yeah. and, uh, and, and done this, the talk at over 25 libraries um, in Massachusetts and kind of as I've traveled around. But um, otherwise, I think it's, it's just word of mouth or, um, you know, librarians will check out Goodreads, you know, and, and see something that catches their eye. Historical fiction is uh, very popular right now. Yeah. And um, especially for uh, my audience, it seems like, you know, slightly older women mm -hmm. um, like myself that, that want to learn about yeah. the past. And um, so libraries, um, a lot of their patrons are, are that type of an audience. So historical fiction is very hot yeah. uh, at libraries right now. And some of them even have historical fiction book clubs, you know, that only read historical fiction. Oh, fun. So that, and then I've had folks that I've just met through social media have recommended the book to their library, which yeah. has been great. That's why I'm like thinking, I'm like, oh, I need to get in a librarian on the show. I have not uh, interviewed a librarian yet. So I'm like, yes. I'd love I've to speak to some resources. Yeah, well, if you, we can talk on the side, but if you have someone you think would be great, I would love that. So, because <laughs> I think they'd be so interesting to talk to. Yes, definitely. So. And, and how do they choose books? Um, because their budgets are limited. Yeah, you know? yeah, absolutely. Um. Wow. But that's amazing for you that so many systems have picked it up. Hopefully that's only going to keep the snowball going forward for you. Right. I hope so. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, is there anything else you'd like to add about your book? Um, just, you know, I, I really feel like it's, um, it's a great story. Uh, I'm, I'm thrilled with the reviews that have been coming in and, um, you know, the, the presence that it's getting and, you know, I am available to join book clubs okay. or discussion over Zoom okay. or in person. I travel all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and, uh, I am listed, as you mentioned, with Novel Network and Adventures by the Book. Yes. Um, people can uh, look me up on their websites. And um, yeah, I, I I just am loving the story. I, I absolutely love all the characters. And now I'm getting to to meet them again yes. in the sequel. Um, and, and meet some other women doctors and some of the incredible work they were doing um, through the American Women's Hospital, which makes a brief appearance and mention in book one, but is a, going to have a stronger presence in book two. Okay, well, I'll be looking forward to it. And listeners, I will include all the links to find Janice on the show notes. So you can click that. And that's such a great idea for book clubs. I had never heard of that being an option because I'm part of like a nationwide book club. And so they send out the book list at the beginning of the year and it's set with like the school year parameters as far as our time frame. And um, 
And that's how I've met people as we've moved around because I know it's this nationwide book club, but we've never had authors come speak. And I didn't even know that that was an option. So that's such a great, great thing. Because for me, I'll admit, I don't watch much television. So authors to me are like celebrities because this is what I do in my free time to escape. <laughs> I'm like a groupie. Some of my friends are like, you're like a Lisa C. groupie or you know, so one of my other favorite authors, totally different genre, but he's he's Boston based and writes Boston based is Dennis Lehane. Okay. And he's just a new one. So uh, Mystic River. Okay. Um, is more famous. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of that one. Okay. Well, thank you so much for this book flight today on communities of strong women. I'm going to recap the books here real quick. So we have The Unlocked Path by Janice Robinson Daly. We have The Red Tent by Anita Diamant, and then we have The Island of Sea Women by Lisa C. And I actually, because I have read quite a bit of historical fiction myself, I don't always give a dessert pairing, but I feel like I have a book I could offer you. And I'm wondering, I have two pulled up just in case you've read one of them, because I'm sure you're a prolific reader as well. Have you read In This House of Breed by Rumor Godin? Oh, but I'm writing that one down. Okay, I think this would actually fit the bill better for our book flight today because it is actually set in a Benedictine nun community. And it's this highly successful woman that decides she wants to enter this Benedictine community. And so I think it fits the bill because it has more of a strong women community and what she goes through. And it the friendships that are made within this novel you will just fall in love with the characters. Oh, I heard of it. And who is the author again? It's Kara? Rumor Godin. So I can send that to you and I'll have it in the show notes as well. Um, but she was pretty much in the London elite, this highly successful class. And I, I want to say it was set in the early 1900s. I can't quote the year right now off the top of my head. Um, but she enters the Benedictine convent and we are not told why. But through the course of the pages, you kind of start to learn her story and the shock of her entering this religious life, right? And what she, as a, a highly successful woman and what she's going through to change to fit into that. But you start to, you know, there's this little bit of mystery about, well, why did she enter? And she had all this money and she had all these things, but why is she here now? And so there's this bit of intrigue that goes on in through the book as well, because you're trying to figure out you know, her story. Sounds fast. I just love the characters. We read this for our book club and it was the best book we read all year. I thought personally, um, and just again, the women friendships and the community. So I think it would be the perfect fit for our, our yeah. episode today. So I, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> and it is, I will say it's a little bit lengthier, but I never felt like I couldn't keep turning the pages because the story kept going enough that it was I got through it. So it is a bit lengthier. So don't be intimidated by that if you pick it up, but it's, it's worth the read. It's a good one. And I learned a ton about the Benedictine cloistered nun community that I would never know about. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, all right. And then let's go ahead and finish with our bonus pairings today, which are just a speed round of questions. You can just answer these really quick. And so they should be fairly simple, but where is your favorite place to read? Favorite place to read is a sitting near the water. So whether that's on the beach or by the pool or overlooking a lake. Uh, so that I can, you know, pause and, and look up out to the horizon. Yes, that sounds beautiful. And then are, would you prefer audiobooks or hard copy books? Ooh, that's so hard because I really, <laughs> each one has its own special use okay um but, but probably probably hardcover because it is permanence you know i can look back onto my bookcase and and recall that book yeah. yeah and then what is one book you have read that has changed your life oh well <laughs> probably would go all the way back to high school and uh one of my uh best friends she was also a reader we you know we sh we shared that interest of pleasure reading and during teenage years, who did that? <laughs> um, and she gave me Gone with the Wind. Oh, I love that book. You no, know, 900 something pages. And there's so much more in the book than in the movie. And, you know, as, as I started to write 
the unlocked path, I was feeling like, hmm, Eliza Edwards is probably somewhat inspired by Scarlett O'Hara that's been sitting in the recesses of my mind for many, many years. You know, the kind of the, the society girl that, yeah. you know, for whatever reasons, you know, has to overcome a lot of challenges to follow her true desires. Yeah. So they're probably gone with the wind. Oh, I love that connection. That is so fun. And then lastly, what are you reading next? What am I reading next? Well, of course, I have all my book club books and, and I'm in three book clubs. I didn't mention that. Oh, I, my I, goodness. <laughs> I know I'm a crazy person. Um, I'm on an, an online one that's historical fiction only through okay. Facebook. Um, th we meet the third Thursday. So we've got one coming up this week. Um, and then I started another one through a, a social group here on Cape Cod. But um, so I've got those books on my radar, but uh, there's so many new wonderful ones that came out this spring that are sitting on my bedside table. But probably the one I'm most looking forward to is um, Only the Beautiful okay. by Susan. Oh, and yes. Susan's another one of my favorite historical fiction authors. And she tackles an interesting topic and issue of history. Um, it's centered on the eugenics movement. Oh, wow. And not only, um, you know, with the, the rise of Hitler in Europe, but the eugenics movement here in the United States wow. in the 20s and 30s. So uh, I'm looking forward to diving into that and seeing how she handles that topic. Yeah. Wow. The cover of that is beautiful. I've seen it. Yeah. 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 I, and I didn't know that was what it was about. I, I saw it was receiving a lot of acclaim, but I just hadn't. Right. Like you said, I have so many books on my list that it's it takes some time to filter into the top. <laughs> so, well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I appreciate your time and I know it's precious. So I appreciate all you've given me today. Thank you so much, Kara, and have a, a wonderful day and, and look forward to uh, connecting with you further. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Janice Robinson Daly. We'd love to hear what other books you might pair with her historical fiction book flight focusing on strong women communities at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, Especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.